Hey, thank you so much for joining us here at South Bay Community Church. My name is James and I'm one of the pastors here. What we wanted to do this weekend and next weekend was just take a moment to share with all of you some of the reflections that your pastors have had as we look back at 2020. You're, today you'll hear from me, Pastor Caleb, and Pastor Dave. And then next week you'll hear from Pastor Gary, Pastor Greg, and Pastor Dan. 2020 has been a crazy year, but God has been so faithful and so good. And we just wanted to share a little bit about that. But before we get started, let me open up our time in a word of prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness. Even through this year, we can see your fingerprints all on it. And God, I pray that as we hear from our pastors, that God, you would use our testimonies to enhance, enhance our understanding and knowledge of who you are, your goodness and your faithfulness, that you would provide us hope and great joy as we look forward to this upcoming year and as we look back at your faithfulness and your goodness through this past. We love you and thank you. And God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bible app, YouVersion Bible app or the platform YouVersion, but it's a place where you can find verses from the Bible. And they said that just this past year that searches for Bible verses have gone up 80%. And then on top of that, they said there was over 600 million searches for Bible verses this past year. And do you know what was the most searched for Bible verse? The one that was the most read and most bookmarked? No, it wasn't John 3.16. No, it wasn't Jeremiah 29.11. And no, it wasn't Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 like you might assume. It actually, it actually was Isaiah 41.10. If you've never heard the verse, let me share it with you. It reads like this. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, another version puts it like this. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God and I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And, and see, this version of it really resonated with me, especially because there was that one line that says, do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. Because this year, if I can be quite honest with you, it could be summarized in two words for me. And that is overwhelming anxiety. See, when you consider how tumultuous and crazy this year has been, you can understand why so many people look to Isaiah 4110. Because they decided to combat that fear and that anxiety, that doubt with God's word and his promises that he is with us and that he is for us. And I am one that really needed this verse as well. Because this year has been tough. This year, like many of you guys, we have lost a lot of our hopes and our plans and our dreams. And we've had to adjust and change constantly and seemingly nonstop through all that has been going on. You know, there's a saying by a boxer. He says, everybody has a plan when they get in the ring and how they're going to fight, how they're going to win until they get punched in the mouth. And see, I think many of us, we had a plan of what this year was going to look like. And then 2020 came and it just punched us in the mouth. But not only did it just punch us in the mouth, it kept punching us over and over and over in the mouth. And for me, it was exhausting and it was tiring. It was a constant battle between uncertainty and my insecurities. And it left me so exhausted. It, so often I felt like I was just barely keeping my head 
above water because of all the constant changes and the fluctuations and the new things that we had to learn. For instance, here I am, I'm in our youth room. And you know what? I've been doing this as a youth pastor for 16 years. And I've been meeting with our students and, and hanging out with them and together in person, praying together, playing games together, doing life together, doing ministry together. And then all of a sudden, seemingly in one day, everything changed. And we had to learn all sorts of new things. We had to learn how to do ministry online. We had to figure out ways to stay connected virtually. We had to figure out ways to share the messages. And so now, instead of preparing for just a message, now I was preparing a message. And on top of that, trying to learn how to film, trying to learn how to edit, trying to how to do lighting and sound and all of that stuff. And it was tiresome because at moments we thought we would have it all figured out. We thought we would have a plan. And then all of a sudden, something else would come up and change everything once again. And so this overwhelming nature of ministry, you know, leaving me exhausted, what did I turn to? It wasn't rest. Instead, I turned to myself, looking inwards, thinking, you know what, I just need to man up. I just need to be better. I I just need to try harder. And that ended up with me struggling with insecurity and doubt. You know, this is one of the years where more than ever before, I have doubted my calling as a pastor. I didn't know if I was good enough. I didn't know if I was capable enough to lead our ministry through all of these changes and all of these challenges. And so because of that, I even, I even felt insecure about my role as a husband because for maybe the first time ever, I thought maybe, you know what, what if I lose my job? What if I'm not the right person? What if then I can't provide? And it wasn't because of anything anyone else said or insinuated. It was just merely because I was looking around at all the craziness around me, my inability to control it, and my inability through it all to really fight through it because I was struggling, because I was exhausted, because I doubted myself. And then I began to struggle with shame. Because then I thought, James, you can't think like this. You can't be like this. You're a pastor. You know better. You should do better. You should be better. And James, there are so many other people that are struggling way worse than you. Consider all of the frontline workers who are going out day after day, putting their health and their lives at risk. And here you are complaining, wondering about how you're going to film a message week after week. Or or maybe those that actually have lost their job and struggling to make ends meet. Or, Or even those that I've heard so many times, which broke in my heart over and over of those that have lost loved ones and weren't able to be there because of this pandemic or even be able to bury those that they've lost. But yet I'm so thankful that in the midst of this ending of the year, God had given us an opportunity to stop, to pause, to reflect, and to share. Because as I look back at this year, I realized that I had been looking at all the wrong things. And it reminded me of a quote from the great missionary Corey Ten Boom. I shared it once before at a prayer meeting, but it it reads like this. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll be depressed at rest. See, I realized that I was looking at the world and I was being distressed because I saw all the things that were going on, all the heartache, all the brokenness, and my inability to control it. 
And so because of that, I was feeling exhausted and distressed. And so I realized that what I needed to do was stop looking at the things that I couldn't control, but look at and hold on to the one that was in control. And then I realized that I was looking inward, trying to find hope and help through my own self. And I, I, I realized very quickly that I'm not enough, that I didn't have enough, that I wasn't smart enough. And because of that, I was starting to feel depressed. I was feeling shameful. I was letting it all be about me. And then I realized that even through my inadequacies and through my struggles, that that was okay because I'm just human. But I have a God. I have a God that is willing to strengthen me and help me. And because of that, I didn't need to hide and be in shame of my weaknesses. Instead, I can claim and boast God's strength as Paul did in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. After he pleaded with God for help because he was struggling and after God said no three times, this is what he realized. He says here in verse 9, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, But God, he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest on me. And as he through this, I realized I realized that I didn't have to be ashamed of my weakness. That I don't have to worry about appearing a certain way with my wife, with my friends, with my pastor, or with any of you. Because instead, I could claim that I am weak because when I am weak, He is strong. Church, I realize that I have a choice and you have a choice. And how we approach all the challenges and the struggles and the overwhelming anxiety that can be right around us. We could either look around and be distressed. We could be look inward and be depressed. Or we can look at God. And as Isaiah 41, 10, 10 reminds us, we can look at God and realize that He is with us, that He is for us, and that He will strengthen us. He will help us, and He will hold us. He will hold us when we can't even hold onto anything else. You know, church, one of the ways that God has helped me come, overcome this overwhelming anxiety is by His overwhelming character, care, and love. And one of the ways that I have seen and felt His overwhelming love and support is through each and every one of you. I look back and I realize that, man, you guys have supported, encouraged, and inspired me this year and so many years before with your faithfulness and your devotion and your generosity and your love and support. And I can tell you, as someone who has been here at South Bay Community Church for over 16 years, when I first started here, I was just a, a kid, 22 years old, being an intern for the middle school ministry who didn't know anything and was super scared to ever speak in front of you. And here I am now, a 39-year-old kid, youth pastor, still don't know much, and is just a little bit less scared to speak in front of you. But through your encouragement, through your overwhelming support, I have been reminded, I have been reminding of the overwhelming love and encouragement that God has for me through each and every one of you. And so thank you for helping me grow and let go so that I can hold on and look to God. I pray that you will do the same through all that you're going through. You know, today now, I want to turn it over to someone that has inspired me with the way that he has faced all the adversity and the challenges in his life and through this season, through the overwhelming nature, the relentless nature of ministry and life, and who has handled it seemingly so well, but most recently was thrown a curveball with his own physical health. And so let's take a moment to hear from Pastor Caleb. 
Thank you for your story, Pastor James. Well, church, as I've been reflecting on my own personal 2020 experience, I can't help but share from where God has taught me through my own struggles in the recent days. As you might have heard, um, I have recently tested positive for COVID-19. Even as I am sharing with you right now, I'm in my 10th day in quarantine. And by God's grace, I am getting stronger and recovering really well. And church, thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, just praying for, for myself and my family during this time. Thank you for the outpouring of emails, text messages, uh, phone calls, prayers, meal deliveries. My family and I are so grateful for your love and your support during this time. If I could recount the days leading up to this moment, I still remember that Sunday evening having dinner with my family and I all of a sudden just uh, started feeling this head cold and chills running through my body. And I knew right away something wasn't right. So I decided to do a temperature check and it read 100.3 degrees. And that evening, um, I bundled up, took some cold medication, and I went straight to bed. I woke up next morning feeling slightly better, but I still had some lingering sore throat and head cold. And I also didn't want to take any chances, so we decided to take a COVID test. I was actually lucky enough to get an appointment that day. So we drove over and we took the test in our car. Now, you have to know that leading up to that day, I have taken every precaution to staying safe. From March of this year, when the pandemic actually hit, every day I took vitamin C, zinc in the morning. I wash my hands at least 20 times a day. I even have an app on my watch where uh, it'll count down to 20 seconds each time I start washing my hands. I had hand sanitizers in my car, in my office, at home. I even wore gloves to pump gas at the gas station. And I wore new masks every day. Plus, I've taken multiple COVID tests throughout the year with negative results. And so, I thought it was just another common cold. And so, here I thought my test would come out negative. When I received an email from the COVID test center with big, bold, all caps word, POSITIVE, I could not believe what I saw. I was in absolute shock. I thought it was a typo. I had to reread the email multiple times, making sure that it had my name on it and that it was meant for me. As I'm reading that email, my nine-year-old daughter saw my face immediately and knew something was wrong. She knew earlier that I had taken the test. So she kept asking, Daddy, Daddy, what's wrong? Is it positive? Is it positive? And I gently nodded my head and she started crying and she ran to her mom who was in another room. The news came as such a shock that I had to literally collect myself at that moment and sit down for a minute. And it was one of those moments where I literally had to pause. I still remember sitting in our dining room thinking about how this could have happened, especially when I took every precaution. 
I could not believe it. I was devastated, discouraged, uh, fearful, not knowing what I needed to do next. And I realized at the moment I had to share it with somebody. So I called Pastor Gary and I shared him with him the news and he was in disbelief and shocked as I was. And right away he said, hey, let me pray for you. And in our prayers, God, we both wept and we just gave the situation up to God. From that moment on to this day, I am here quarantined in my daughter's room. This is about a 10 by 15 room. It's a very small room. And I've, I've isolated myself uh, from the rest of my family. My wife lovingly brings me three meals each day. Um, I have my laptop here to do work. But I am completely isolated. And being isolated in a room for the past 10 days has allowed me to literally pause life as I knew it. Because before my own personal quarantine, let me tell you, it's been a very busy season for ministry and at home as well. From a church perspective, it's been a very fast-paced, busy 10 months. As soon as everything shut down earlier in March, the church really had to pivot. And God provided us with an amazing team who came together to help create church online experience each week. And just this last week, three weeks alone, we just came out of filming for two weekends worth of worship leading up to Christmas weekend. We also planned ahead to prepare for our Christmas service on the 24th. And we also scheduled to film for the last weekend of this year, for the 26th and 27th of December. Everything was in motion to make sure that we had content to provide for our church family for this entire month. Our worship team, our tech team, our staff have planned and worked so hard in a safe environment to provide a, a really great worship experience. And on a personal note, my family, our family is in, the, in, a, in a moving process in the coming weeks and it's been busy just packing boxes and cleaning up at the Kim household here. So you could imagine what it was like when everything came to a stop. But I don't think this happened by accident. I think in some ways, God planned it for me. And there are three things God taught me through all of this that I realized when God interrupted my flow, He asked for three things immediately. The first lesson I learned was learning how to stop, learning to, to stop forcing myself to keep doing the same things, but just stop. He reminded me to just stop whatever you're doing Drop whatever you're working on. This was probably the hardest thing to come to terms with, but I had to stop. What's the phrase in scripture for this? It's to be still. Psalm 37, seven reminds us that to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 46, 10, a very popular verse says, be still and know that I am God. And Psalm 107, 29, he says, he made the storm to be still. God reminded me to stop forcing myself to do the things I am physically unable to do. That whatever I felt important at that moment had to stop. But God doesn't end it there. The second lesson I learned was learning how to surrender. 
And knowing God, He doesn't just make us stop. He makes us surrender. He helps us recognize our own inability to move without Him. This area of surrender was a big lesson for me. That everything we had planned for the month, everything that was in motion, every little details, everything we wanted to do for God, He asked us to surrender to Him. That whatever we had planned was His project, not mine. In some ways, the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart that in order for God to receive the glory, I had to give it up to Him. I have to give up control. And this was a reality, reality that I've, I've known and yet um, have not practiced. God, in gracious ways, does this for a purpose. However, the third lesson was this, that God gave me time to seek His face. Here I am in my daughter's room. Again, it's about 10 by 15 room, unable to go anywhere and do anything. And even though I was able to work remotely, God reminded me to seek Him, to enjoy His presence. He reminded me that this is the time and a place to seek Him. C.S. Lewis once wrote, When God commands us to glorify Him, He is inviting us to enjoy His presence. God is inviting me to enjoy His presence once again. Perhaps He's been inviting me this entire year, but I just haven't listened. And to be honest, in the midst of the busyness, in the hurried life, I don't remember the last time when I truly enjoyed God's presence so intimately. In the busyness of doing God's work, God reminded me that He wants to do a work in my life. In reflecting on the same passage of Isaiah 41.10, I really appreciate the second half of the passage as it reads, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And those words were so precious and timely. It wasn't until I came to terms with my own weakness that I understood God's strength. God reminded me to trust Him. What I experienced as a roadblock, God saw it as an opportunity. In many ways, COVID-19 has interrupted all of our lives, hasn't it? But what do you do when God forces you to stop? What do you do when you are spiritually confined in your own 10 by 15 room? Trust God through our weaknesses. And I had to trust God the hard way. But I am so grateful for this moment to just stop, to surrender, and to really seek God's face. Well, church, I know someone else who also learned to trust God in his own journey. And I pray you be blessed by Pastor Dave's story as he shares the ways he's learned to trust God this year. Thank you, Pastor Caleb. You know, we are so thankful that you are doing better, that your family is safe. You know, I remember that moment, uh, I believe it was a Monday when Pastor Caleb called me to share the news that he had tested positive. And I remember the, like, the first thoughts in my mind, the first thought naturally was, you know, am, am I positive? But then my thoughts went immediately to my family. Uh, just that day, uh, actually just that morning, I had spent time with my family. And I know there's some people in there that are definitely high risk. And then I thought, man, is Sarah okay? You know, is she positive as well? But praise God, you know, Sarah and I both got our tests. We came back negative. But in that moment, I think what I was the most worried about, honestly, was my family. I was worried about them. I was worried about their health. 
And that's really been the theme of the latter part of the year for me and what God's been doing in my life. It's been about the health of those I love the most and how in so many ways that's just so far out of my control right now. You know, while this year uh, has been a year of struggle, I think that's what we got from Pastor James and that's what we got from Pastor Caleb. There has been a tremendous blessing in my life this year. And many of you guys know the news that Sarah and I are expecting a baby boy in May of 2021. Uh, we are so excited. Here's a picture of us, uh, you know, making the announcement on social media with our little football onesies. Uh, we're wondering who this little boy will be a fan of, which bad football team they'll follow, the Eagles or the Raiders. And I can't thank you enough, church, uh, for really just celebrating this news with Sarah and I. Uh, we have felt so loved and cared for. And it just, man, I love this church so much. And that's because of you and how caring each and every one of you are. You know, but with this joy and excitement of a new addition to our family, there also has been a lot of worry that's come. You know, I, I can't believe how much you can love this little life that hasn't even officially come into the world yet and you care for it so much, but yet with that care also comes fear. You know, fear, is this baby gonna be healthy? Is it all right, is Sarah okay? And I didn't really realize like the level of anxiety that I was feeling as a result of this whole situation, but it really kind of came to head a few months ago. And that's because Sarah had one of her doctor's appointments, her normal checkup for the baby. And at this particular one, uh, we were gonna get the results of some genetic tests, so really important tests. We're also gonna have an ultrasound. Um, but due to COVID procedures, like many of you guys have experienced, you know, I wasn't allowed to come into the doctor's office, so Sarah was on her own. And I remember parking in the parking lot, Sarah went up, and I'm sitting there in the car, and all of a sudden, just these, these thoughts, these questions start rolling through my head. You know, what if, what if the baby's not healthy? What if they find some type of birth defect? You know, what if, if as they track the heartbeat, what if it's not beating fast enough? What if something's wrong with Sarah? And all these thoughts are just rolling through my mind and they just keep building, it's like an avalanche. And in that moment, I feel my stomach just like twist up in a knot, like it's, like it's a pretzel. And all I thought is, man, I gotta get out of this car. I, I had never felt anxiousness like that before, not even when I found out I had cancer. And so I got out of the car and I'm just walking, I'm just walking around the building and it helps just to get some fresh air and I'm, I'm just talking to God. I'm like, God, I know, I know these thoughts aren't of you. I know they're irrational. I know they're here. Uh, but in my heart, in my stomach, I feel this anxiousness. I feel this fear. You know, in that moment, uh, I think God gave me peace. You know, he reminded me of a great scripture, I believe from 2 Timothy 1.7, where it says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but instead he gave us a spirit of power and of love and self-control. And as I thought about that, as I continued to walk around that building, I, I don't know how many laps I did around that building, you know, he started to bring some peace to my heart. And it's been so interesting to me that I have this tremendous blessing of a new addition to the family of Sarah and I expecting. And yet in that, there are these things that are completely out of my control, the health of the baby and the health of Sarah. And on the other hand, my family has been going through a very tough situation as someone very close to us has been fighting cancer. Many of you know my sister Darlene Romero. She has been the leader of the women's ministry here at South Bay Community Church for nine plus years now. Uh, she has counseled so many of you. She's just an awesome lady, an awesome sister. Um, but a couple months ago, we got uh, some really rough news that Darlene was diagnosed with cancer in her uterus. It, it was really shocking. It was shocking to hear that, um, partly because our family has such a long history with cancer. Cancer took the life of my mother, uh, I had cancer and now Darlene. And 
about a month ago, she had surgery uh, to remove it. And praise God, they were able to get all of it out. It hadn't hit any of her major organs. And she was beginning to recover, but she would still need chemotherapy. So fast forward a few weeks after that, you know, Darlene started uh, just not feeling good. She was having a weakness in her arms where it was difficult to lift them. And it got to the point where, man, we, we needed to bring her back to the hospital. And so we brought her there. And after many, many tests, the doctors found out that she had actually suffered a stroke. And what was so hard in that week was, again, due to COVID uh, procedures, we couldn't be there with her. So we're, we're at home and we're waiting for phone calls or we're waiting for text messages. We couldn't be in the room with her or, or care for her or hear from the doctors. Everything was coming secondhand. And, and that week was really rough. Um, and I know it was rough for Darlene. You know, thankfully for, for Christmas, she's back home and she's recovering very slowly. But church, I, I just would ask you, we would so appreciate prayers for Darlene, uh, for my family and I, that she would recover quickly uh, and she would recover completely. You know, I, I go home and I visit her and I, I see the struggles that she's going through. And I gotta be honest, it just, it breaks my heart. And if I think about anything happening to Sarah and the baby, it just, it breaks my heart. And yet these two situations, I, I don't think it's coincidence that God has brought these two things together side by side and they are completely out of my hands. And as hard as the truth is, it really pushes me into the arms of my loving Savior. It pushes me into the arms of Jesus because the reality is I, I have nowhere else to go in this moment. I have no one else I can rely on. There's nothing I can physically do to help either one of them. And sometimes I know in my life, maybe you guys can relate to this, that God pulls everything, everything you could rely on, every piece of self-control you have, just to remind you that you were never in control to begin with. We have heard this truth in Pastor James is sharing. We've heard this truth in Pastor Caleb sharing. And it's definitely true in what I'm sharing with you today. And maybe as you hear our stories, you can relate to just that feeling that things are out of your control. We have seen that play out so many times here in 2020. Uh, the new reality of what our world looks like with COVID-19 shows just how far out of control things have spun. You know, maybe it's our health as we've kind of shared uh, today in our teaching. Maybe it's in our finances that for some of us, you know, we're just trying to make ends meet and we've been laid off or we've been furloughed and we have no control over our finances right now. Maybe it's in our home life, which looks completely different than it did 10 months ago. Maybe the kids are at home doing distance learning. Maybe your job is now from home. And so your home life feels out of control. Maybe it's in your plans. I know so many of you have plans to get married this year or our kids who are looking forward to graduations or just these big milestones that, that we get excited for. And those are out of our control. And finally, our freedom. You know, for so many of us, just the freedom to do the things that we would normally do, the things that bring us joy, the things that fill us are no longer there. And those things are out of our control. And it doesn't stop there. You know, the lack of control carries over into sickness and our health, the health of those that we care about. And even as we see from Pastor Caleb, maybe it's out of control because we are the ones that experience physical struggle in this time. If you, like me, are feeling anxiousness and you're feeling worry and you're feeling frustration, I want to take us back. I want to take us back to this verse, Isaiah 41.10, that each of us have been sharing. And there's a reason this verse was the most searched one on the internet through the Version Bible app. It was the most searched. It was the most bookmarked. Millions of people looked at this verse for comfort this year. 
And I think that's because that verse is as relevant now as it was back then when Isaiah shared it. But before I read it, I want to give you guys a little context of what is happening because I think it really brings another level of how powerful this scripture is. And when Isaiah writes this, at this time, the Lord is behind uh, the rise of Cyrus the Great. And Cyrus the Great is a conqueror. And he wants to come from the east and he wants to conquer the wicked Babylonian empire. And what is the Babylonians' response? They know that uh, they're in for a world of hurt. They know that they are in for a time of trouble. They can see the writing on the wall. And so they make idols. They scramble. They make idols to deliver them uh, from this great army, from this invasion. They are so fearful that they're scrambling for any type of solution that they can come up with. And when you get to the reality of what they're doing, what are they looking for? They're looking for control. That's what they're looking for. And when they conjure up these false idols, what are they looking for? They're looking for deliverance from their situation. Control, deliverance from their situation. How many of us can relate to that in this year? That we're looking for control, that we're looking for deliverance from the difficult situations that we're struggling with. I think we can all relate to that. So the Babylonians' response was, was to, to seek control. But what was the response that God was asking for from his people, from his chosen people, the Jews. It was much, much different than what we were getting from the Babylonians. The reality is the Jews at this time had been exiled and they were under Babylonian rule and they had been that way for such a long, for such an oppressive time. And the Jews were God's special people. He had handpicked them. They were chosen by him. And this is what he tells them. Again, as we read Isaiah 41.10, he tells them, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. In this verse, we see this is a specific promise for a specific people at a specific time. But I really think the heart of what this verse is saying is true for us today. That as things shift around us, we look at our lives and, and things are shifting. Maybe it's our health that is shifting. Maybe it's the threat of COVID-19. Uh, maybe it's our financial situation that feels so uncertain. Maybe it's the political landscape that brings uh, anxiousness to us. That in all these things, we can have peace. And why can we have peace? It says right here in this verse that we are in God's right hand, that we are in his hand. And in his hand, it brings protection. It brings security. It brings deliverance. It brings an unwavering care for us. It's something we can rely on. We are right there. Our situations are right there in God's hand. It tells us that right there in that verse. And that is a truth that Pastor James held on to through uncertain times, through the anxiousness that was, at, that was really eating away at his heart. That has been true with Pastor Caleb as he received this devastating news of having COVID-19, that he is in God's right hand. That is true in my situation with my family and these people I love, that even though I can't do anything about it, it's okay because I am in God's unwavering, I'm in God's loving hand. And that is true for you, church. Church, I want to close with, I know so many of you this year have had a struggle. I don't think there's a day that goes by where we as a staff, we as pastors, don't get reports of somebody that is sick, somebody that is struggling with cancer, or somebody that has COVID-19, or someone that just in general is, is really struggling with their health. There's not a day or a week that goes by where we don't hear that somebody out there is having a tough time making ends meet for their family, that they need some extra help. 
there's not a week that goes by where we don't meet somebody that is struggling mentally or spiritually or physically, or they feel so isolated right now because they're all alone and they're cut off from community, they're cut off from the church, they're cut off from family. There is not a day or a week that goes by that we don't hear those things. But it's in those difficulties when God's promises are the most true, when they are more true than they ever have been in our entire lives, that's when they come to life. And again, I wanna read that verse. This verse is for you. This verse is for me. God is saying, don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. That's what he says in Isaiah 41.10. That is a promise that was true for the Jews. That is a promise that is true for us in a thoroughly challenging 2020. And that is going to be true for us as we head into the unknown of a new year. Amen, church? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, um, I don't think there's anybody uh, that would say that 2020 hasn't been a challenging year uh, for some more than others. Um, But I think it's in those moments, Lord, when when things are out of our control, um, that we can fully put ourselves um, just in your loving hands, Lord. Uh, that we can realize that as this verse says in Isaiah 41:10, as it was true for the Jews then, it's true for us now, Lord, that we don't have to be fearful, Lord, that we don't have to look around and let circumstances uh, affect um, you know, how we view the situation, uh, that we are in your right hand, Lord, and in your hand, there comes victory. Uh, there is just this sense, Lord, that we are well protected, that we are well cared for. Lord, I wanna pray for our church Uh, I want to pray for everybody out there that is having a tough time, that is struggling with their health or maybe the health of a loved one. We want to pray, Lord, for those that are having a difficult time making ends meet. Or we want to pray for those that just are struggling mentally and spiritually because so much of what they do looks different now. And we have hope in the new year that is to come, Lord. Um, We have hope because our really where that lies is not in our circumstances, but it lies in you. And you are the one thing that is unwavering. Father, we love you. Uh, We praise you as a church. We are excited for what you have in store for us. And we look back, Lord, at 2020, and we are thankful that no matter what happened around us, Lord, that you are the constant and you continue to care for us in this time. We pray all this in your precious, in your holy, in your powerful name, Lord. Amen.